everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. We're recording this on Sunday um, after the the City game, which we'll discuss, I'm sure, at some point in the game. But first of all, we're going to talk about our resounding, wonderful win against uh, Huddersfield on Friday night. Uh, big five star performance, five goals, goals in the first ten seconds, <laughs> fastest Premier League goal in history. Uh, Nabi Keita, pressure definitely applied on City again. Um, number of records as well. I think Mo Salah hit another record, uh, the, the fastest to 100 uh, in, in, in English history, maybe. Qu- quite a qu- quite an accolade. Um, joining me on the pod tonight, uh, we've got the two lads in Berlin. First up, Neil Patterson. How are you? Hi, dead on. Grand. Good form after that on on Friday. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to chatting. How's you, Dave? I'm in less good form after today, but we'll get, we'll get into that. Um, but you know, all good. Can't see us losing again this season. All good. And uh, Shengus Gorkery, uh, also in Berlin. How are you? Been a while since I spoke to you. All good. Yeah, all good, mate. Thanks. Um, I'm also feeling a bit of the same feelings as you, but um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm I'm somehow able to recover fairly quickly. Um, uh, it's never people. over till it's over, Gengis, but it just feels like it's getting dark today, you know. <laughs> that's, that's the way I feel. But I say we'll, we'll, we'll amble into that after the Huddersfield game. And last but not least, it wouldn't be a pod without Dave Dunning. How the hell are you, man? Good, Dave. How are you? I, I'm, I'm fine. Um, You're not, really looking are you? Forward to, really looking forward to getting my teeth into these uh, into, into this pod and some of the uh, the questions that that'll, it will beg. Um, I, guarantee, start, I guarantee you'll feel better afterwards. Listen, we'll start um, with the, the Huddersfield game. I'll stick with you, Dave. Mightily impressive. Um, made very simple by the fact that we, we scored before they even took breath. Um, and it sort of set the precedent for the game. It ended up pretty much, to me anyhow, like a training exercise. Um, we were dominant. It was a stretch. I may even say the first 20 minutes after that goal were, were a bit strange. We, we seemed to lose our cohesion just a little bit but then we clicked and you know we just breezed through that game everybody just looks in outstanding form they all look like they're up for the fight it you know it it was a marvelous marvelous performance what's your thoughts yeah it was we we battered them five nil in third gear and weren't very good for 20 minutes so i suppose that Speaks volumes to the other seventy minutes. Um, we were just we're just much 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 better, um, and I think you, you may have to caveat that performance with the fact that that Huddersfield team looks like it's a team learning how to play for next season, and they were far more expansive than I thought they would be, and it did play into our hands a little bit. But you know, it could have been seven, it could have been eight. Manny hits a post. Do you feel so, that, that was their that was their game plan to be expansive, or do you feel that that came around because of the early goal? Um, I don't think necessarily because of the early goal, because we've seen teams try to keep it tight, even if they do concede a goal right up the last 10 and try and nick something. So I just think the manager is is planning for next season, like all intelligent, sensible, generally foreign managers do. So I think that that aided us. I don't necessarily, I'm not trying to say that that's, that takes away from the result or the performance, because I think we find it really, really easy. And, um, I think, you know, a couple of standout performances. I thought Kaida was absolutely superb, um, especially out of possession. Um, he, he, was, he was like a man possessed, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, you know, it's, 
it's the first time I can honestly say that, that looks a bit like Abby Kitty used to play in, <laughs> play in the Bundesliga for Leipzig. That's the first I've really been that enthused about him. Yeah, he must be horrible to play against because even if you know you, you turn around in his direction, if he's so close to you, he's that small. He's not, you know, the top of his head isn't even in your eye line, so you might not even see him. And all of a sudden, bang, he's got the ball. He's wriggling between players. and um, But yeah, and, and I was typified by the first goal where, where he... He came out of nowhere and, and, and pressed the centre half on the blind side and, and we're in and it's 1-0 and there was that many records broken in that game. I think it must be the record for the most records broken in any individual game. So it's great and it, it you know, Oxley Chamberlain comes back and he looks he looks bright and he looks sharp and it's great and it gives everybody a boost and and the feel-good factor just increases from there. Gomez on the pitch for, you know, I don't know, what, 10 minutes or something. And, you know, Salah and Mane both getting on the score sheet. And Firmino wasn't even playing. Fabinho wasn't playing. Lovren was playing. He did his best to be... Sturridge to be the, wasn't playing, but he was on the pitch. Oh, Christ. I, oh, I'd, 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 I'd forgotten. <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten. yeah, it's best forgotten, really, I'd, isn't it? Mercifully, I'd forgotten that Sturridge was playing and you've just reminded me. It's not a thing I want to see again. And I've said so that basically for... one with 10 is what you're saying. <laughs> well, pretty much. He was he was fairly anonymous, wasn't he? Against a pretty poor side. and But I suppose security comes on, great cameo as well. So, you know, I know we're going to talk about what might come in the next two league games, what may happen or what may not happen. But I think the manager talks a lot about rhythm and I think there's real benefits now we see of those two camps earlier on in the year. I think we're in really, really tip-top shape, like tip-top shape. Um, I saw Lukaku sprint 40 yards earlier on, 50 minutes into the game against Chelsea and he was fucking out of breath. You know, these guys look like they could play 90 minutes back-to-back at the moment. With what's going on in the league title race, it's going to be a real emotional balancing act for these players to ensure that we take that form into the Champions League and it's not affected by it. But see, to be honest, can't see it, Dave. There's no I can't, way. There's I can't no way. see it. The managers managed the the psychology of the team so brilliantly um, and used every failure, if you want. And I know not when the league title won't be a failure, but every setback or every bump in the road, he's used it to his advantage. And, you know, what 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 will be will be this year, but whatever comes, I think he'll be able to use it to his advantage um, in the next season and the season beyond and the season beyond. So it was just really nice to be able to sit down and watch your team play football without having to hide behind the sofa or wipe the, wipe the beads of sweat from your brow. It was great. Loved it. I suppose that you know when you get a goal in the first minute, it changes everything. Like, I don't necessarily think that that was. I think that maybe did us more harm than good because we yeah, were really but, sloppy. Probably, after but, that, but, but but like let's let, let's be honest. You, you but knew. yeah, it was great. You, yeah, you're right. The the, the the tension's relieved after 15 seconds, and and you can kind of relax a bit. Yeah, you're right. Dave, you know, like we've sat and talked here in these pods about you know maybe we don't score in the first half or we score 35 to 40 minutes, on it. and you know after about 20 minutes we haven't scored with this title race and the nature of it, you start to get a bit, you know, I'll bring Chief in here, you know, you start to get a bit tetchy at times, even though you know you're pretty confident we're going to win, when, when we haven't taken the lead, it, it sort of gets you. Then the, the other aspect of it is, you, you know, it was, it was we got the one goal. It was, it was then a question of how many, and I think we, we went kind of light on them. 
Okay, I think we could have ended up making more of an inroads in the, in the city's goal difference. Yeah, well, I think. I mean, I think there's bound to be an element of of an eye on on um, Wednesday night. Obviously, with it being a Champions League semi final and up against Barcelona and being away as well, you know, nobody nobody would have wanted to to injure themselves or get injured and put themselves out of contention for that game. But yeah, and I think you're right as well in the sense that um, when you score very early or you score early. It relieves the tension. You can watch it uh, in a slightly more relaxed way. But sometimes, you know, famously, the cliche, you can score too early and the other team, you know, you take your foot off the gas a little bit or you become a little sloppy. I think Dave's got a point. We were quite sloppy for the next sort of 15, 20 minutes. But after the second, um, that was pretty much it. Like after, yeah, Manny's first header it is and uh, Van Dijk sort of breaks all forward. beautiful and, goals as well that were scored. You know what I mean? They were all they were all things of beauty. Really, really nice. I mean, Navi Kaido was mentioned um, and his pressing um, is really the, probably his biggest asset and probably the thing that highlighted, yeah, highlighted the need for for him uh, to, to the likes of Klopp and, and the management team and that's why we... Um, went so heavily in for him. I mean, he's got a little bit of everything in his game, but it's his pressing that's, that's head and shoulders above others um, in, in the same kind of position. And he gets us a goal after, after what is it, 15 seconds, 14 seconds, something like that. Um, just precisely through that, uh, pressing um, the, the centre-back, I think it is, and he closes him down, gets a foot in, goes to Salah. Salah gives him back, and it's a great finish right in the corner. He knows where the keeper is. He knows where he is. He knows where he wants to put the ball, and it's, it's absolutely perfect. But all the goals are great. Second goal is class as well. Van Dijk bursts forward. It's a lovely ball to Robertson. Uh, well, he just off, offloads it, but it, it's the right ball at the right time. Robertson's in space. One touch, great cross in, and, um, you know, it's a perfect header from Manny. And we just go from there. Obviously, Salah scores a great goal as well. It's a fabulous ball from Trent. Perfectly timed run. Great finish. And we just go on really from strength to strength. And of course, we could have had more. Manny misses almost an empty net, although it's not really, it's not that easy of a chance. You know, he's he's flying in the air and, you know, he makes good contact, but he just can't direct it quite back far enough. Uh, but Manny's second header is fabulous. His first header is a group picture book goal, but and, and good technique on the header, but it's, um, it's a fairly straightforward finish, shall we say, as long as you get the, the contact right. But the second goal, second header is class. Right back across the keeper has to generate the par, uh, puts it right in the corner. It's, it's a Berlinko, and um, you know with the delivery, fifth, like the, the delivery, like what they're getting there from. Oh, from it's perfect. Trent. It's 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 textbook stuff. Uh, it's, actually, it's, it's, sorry, 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 Dave. Yes, that was, that was Jordan Henderson. Yeah, yeah, it was Henderson. Sorry, Dave. Just wanted to correct you there, Dave. Seven. Jordan Henderson's cross. It's a fabulous goal, and they're all good. Even the fifth goal is is brilliant. Um, again. Who is it? Shakiri plays a lovely ball uh, down the side to Robertson. Robertson puts it across. Salah's there to tap it in. And we've destroyed Huddersfield. And there is something to be said about them playing for next year and planning for next year. Certainly they were more open than I expected them to be. Less uh, less yard dog, really. Um, but I think that's down to the manager. And, you know, fair play to them. But, yeah, Liverpool couldn't really have done much more uh, to... to to really, you know, sweep. You can only beat what's in front of you, and they did that with a plum. And it's great to see um, see them do it without Bobby. It's great to see uh, Oxford Chamberlain coming back in. It's great to see Mane and Salah now, uh, you know, pushing each other for the golden boot. Now clear in first and second. 
Um, two players both over 20 goals for the first time in a, in a long time as well, I think since Suarez and Salah in 13-14. And yeah, Mo getting another record. So I think it was um, the most goals scored in uh, in 100 appearances, I think, uh, for, for Liverpool. Is that right, Dave Dunning? You, you know that one? Sorry, it was yeah, it was for Liverpool. I think it for was uh, was it Roger Hunt's record and some other fella who I'd never heard of before because I think he played in about 1908. Yeah, so he's beaten. He's he's, he's the he's the most goals in 100 100 Liverpool appearances anyway. So that's absolutely fabulous. So yeah, onwards and upwards, like, and we'll we'll go on and talk about the rest later. But as far as Huddersfield was concerned, I. Uh, you couldn't have, couldn't have asked for any more to put us again two points clear. No, I agree with you totally, Neil. I'll come across to Chengus. You know, a result like that, you know, reinforces my belief anyhow that we will not. You know, we're we're, we're winning the, the next two games in the league. But I've noticed in the media this week um, the accolades coming to our fullbacks, uh, Trent and Robertson. It's you know people are beginning to wake up and, and realize just what these two guys are bringing to the party and have done the whole season. You know, absolutely. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, it's been picked up by the media in recent months, and we've also been uh, praising our fullbacks. The the you know they're so important for um, how we play, how how the whole team is set up with you know the front three, um, who mostly all of them, especially Mane and Salah, have to be doubled down and then um, you have the industrious midfield and recently we have uh, even creative midfielders in there which we haven't had for uh, several months but um, but yeah the, the fullbacks are just incredible they have like more than 20 assists um, combined together I think and uh, they're just such a force I mean in every single game you can guarantee that at least one of Robertson or Trent um, is going to get an assist I mean, they, they, they've just been so incredibly consistent in that. But what's impressed me most is that, you know, in, in, in recent games, you know, obviously when we're playing at home and we're comfortable and, you know, we, we're, we're just going to go forward, we're not um, taking any bullshit from anyone, obviously the fullbacks are going to go up and down quite a lot. But we've also seen, especially in away games, where um, we especially stop attacking through the left side. So you see Robertson a bit more closer to Virgil um, and... Um, you see Trent being a bit more involved, but also, you know, he's looked tired at recent games and we've somehow managed to, you know, that that's when the midfield really, um, announced themselves. If you like the new players like Keita, who, who's recently come into a good goal scoring form with Henderson, uh, being, uh, deployed as the number eight and, uh, uh, getting assists almost every game now. Um, so it's, it's really kind of nice to see Joe Gomez coming in there as well to give a bit of respite to Trent. Played a lot of football this season. And, you know, you talk about uh, the Ox coming back and whatnot. These are like new signings coming at you in the last few games of the season. And it's really, you know, even these guys are only fit for 20 minutes till next season. Their input's so important. Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, Gomez has been a crucial part of our squad whenever um, he's been fit and, um, you know, healthy. So... Um, it's it's absolutely great to have him back. He's he's been slowly eased in um, um, five ten minutes um, in the last few games, um, and you know yeah, Trent he's you know so highly looked upon. Um, you know he's obviously managed to get into the um, uh, PFA Team of the Year, which is 100% deserved. I don't think anyone was even close to uh, competing with him on that front. Um, and you know he's also highly rated amongst. Um, 
the coaching staff and um, his peers in the England squad. You know, he um, he, he got some uh, World Cup experience um, under his belt as well. So it's been quite a hectic year from him, you know, playing a Champions League final to going to the World Cup and playing almost every single game. And with Gomez getting injured, you know, uh, we, we saw how often they would get rotated uh, when they were both fit. But, you know, he's had to play um, game after game and uh, big up to him because he, you know, despite his young age and um, a high workload in, um, in the last year or so, he's really um, kept his performance levels high, even though he did look leggy a bit at times, but he's kept his performances quite good. But it's definitely um, good that Gomez is coming back and also the likes of Oxa. It was really a, quite an emotional moment seeing him um, come back and, you know, he, he looks so silky on the ball. You know, his touch was there. He obviously almost gets the goal as well. What a moment that would have been. Um, but yeah, uh, but I, I think, you know, just purely because of the talent and, um, how good he is with, you know, putting the balls in and, uh, put, uh, those early crosses and, um, all this kind of stuff. I was watching, um, the Barcelona game against Levante, um, yesterday, uh, you know, it was the game that was going to secure them the title and, um, Levante had some really good chances and most of uh, the spaces that they had were on the flanks and um, I think we could really, really exploit um, the spaces that um, Barcelona... Gang, gang, just, to, just to stop you there, was that before Messi? Because I've heard it was a game of like it was a game of two halves, if you will, without Messi and with Messi. Um, was that still while Messi was on the pitch? Def- so uh, Messi was rested for the first half. Um, obviously, they... Um, um, with us um, going to pay a visit there um, later on Wednesday. Um, they, they thought they'd keep Messi on the bench and try and uh, get things done in the first half um, and maybe not even have to play him or maybe bring him on in the last 10 or 15 minutes so he can get another goal. But um, they, they didn't do uh, well enough. Coutinho, um, Coutinho started the game. He didn't have... It wasn't too bad, but it wasn't too good either. And... Um, he made way at halftime for Messi, who came on and um, just scored a, a normal goal. It wasn't anything spectacular. It was kind of, if, if it was Allison at goal, he would have um, saved that shot. But, uh, you know, when, when Messi is, um, dribbles past a few players and runs at the edge of the box on his left foot, it, it does, I suppose, strike fear into uh, the opponent. So, But I, I think we, we would have the mental edge towards that. But... Um, they're definitely over reliant on Messi. I mean, he's the moment he steps on the pitch, everything changes. You know, all, all the players feel a bit more confident. The, the game plan—that's how they're used to playing, and that's that's how they're training. And you know, the moment if if you somehow get him out of the game, if you prevent the ball from reaching him, I can't really see how um, they would pose a big, big threat. I mean, it, because you obviously have Suarez. Um, and Messi, who are nailed on to start. And then it's going to be one of either Coutinho or Dembele. Um, Dembele is uh, super quick. Um, you know, he, um, he, he's always willing to take on the um, op- opposing player, but he's just so clumsy on the ball. He, you know, he, he just makes runs down the left-hand side without looking on the right which player is where and what, where he has to put the ball. And he just puts a... Uh, usually wasteful ball, you know, he gets criticized for that a lot. And his balance is not so great. He, you know, just a simple, um, uh, or while, while running with the ball, he, he slips, he constantly slips and falls down. So um, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for us to 
take advantage of. And I'm really looking forward to the game. It should be very, very interesting. Well, you segued us quite beautifully into that because I'm going to just do it in chronological order. Um, you know, our next game is Barcelona away. Neil, I'll come to you on this one. Um, I think for this game, and the, it's all about our midfield and who he picks. I, I think a lot of them are going for the for the, the tried and trusted uh, Genie Milner and Henderson. I sort of think if you leave Fabinho out of this game, you're 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 missing the deal completely. You know, as, as regards to selections and and regards to actually hounding them before the ball gets to Messi is going to be the key to the whole thing. And what midfield do you think? Because I say, there's no point in us talking about the front line or, or the back line because we know exactly what it is. The, the, the whole key to, to Liverpool um, is who's going to play in the midfield. Well, it's sort of been like that for a while now, hasn't it? Um, obviously away in the Champions League so far this season. We've seen the the, the Wijnaldum, Milner, uh, Henderson trio more often than not. I think you're right in the sense that... Um, sort of hounding them. It depends how, how we look to play it. If we look to go over and win the tie and beat them, and it's a semi-final, it's two legs. You've got the second leg at home second, you know, to come, which is usually regarded as the advantage. The one thing you want to guarantee is that you're completely in the game for the second leg and in a strong position for it. So you don't want to, you know, you don't want to perhaps go... Uh, a little to attack in and, and maybe find herself would you a couple feel of that maybe early on or whatever. But I would Barcelona say Barcelona know that Neil and for, for you know they know what they're coming to in Anfield, so therefore they may need feel the need to come and batter us at home. And in trying to may. do that, they, they leave themselves wide open to what we're good at. Yeah, it's a massively it's a massively interesting tie because to my mind, Barcelona. I mean, I haven't watched much of them recently. Um, used to watch much more of them a few years ago. Obviously, they they were better a few years ago, and they've had ups and downs uh, over that period. But to my to my mind, they're they're not anywhere near the team that they have been on uh, for quite a long time, for quite a large period over the last fifteen years or twelve years. They can be. Are gone you in their, their messy reliant camp? Are, are you they are that? reliant. Well, they're massively reliant on him because, and they always have been. They always have been to an extent while while he's been there because he is. But they so didn't have good. a wonderful supporting cast for a long time. Neither. Yeah, they can't be denied. Had, like, oh, I'm not not trying to deny it, but you know, it was all geared around Messi, and and there's no problem with that. They had a fabulous supporting cast. A lot of them have moved on. The rest of them are are getting to the point where they're ready. Their best days are behind him, even the likes of Suarez. He's not the player he was a few seasons ago. So I, I think it, it, it is kind of set up for us. And, and on that, in terms of the midfield, I would be looking to play Kaida there because in terms of breaking up things that are coming from the back and stopping supply, getting getting to Messi, I think I mentioned in, when I was talking earlier about him, that that's Kaida's number one kind of asset, present high. Having said that, it is a Champions League semi-final. And we know, we've talked about Jürgen before, he is pragmatic. Uh, and he is, you know, conservative small C from time to time, and he likes to have Milner on the pitch in these games. So it's going to be interesting because I haven't even mentioned Fabinho. He he is another one that many will feel should start. The Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Kaida would be would be the the bold choice. I, I don't, don't think know. Nobody gets we're... anywhere near it. Neil, really, I just don't. Maybe at home. Definitely the midfield. I would play in the home leg. I don't know what Klopp will do, and I won't be disappointed whatever he does because, you know, he's managed to find a way to get things to work so far, and you're happy with really any of those players because they're they're all contributing and they've all contributed. And 
There's no you fear know, going there, Neil. I, I'm I'm quite up for this one. Like I'm I'm quite confident we're going to do them over two legs. Quite, it'll be tight. Don't get me wrong, but I'm quite confident we do them. Yeah, I, I I'm absolutely confident that we'll go through this. And I was saying before the pot, I'm glad we've got them in the in the semi with with two legs because I think we've got the tools to do it. And I think in the final we would then be going in against whichever team it is. We'd be going in against a team that would be be favourites to beat, and and we could perhaps play with a bit more confidence being the the team that if we make it in in their second consecutive Champions League final but if, yeah so going back to the actual question about the midfield that is the three Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Kaida which would be the bold choice I don't necessarily see that being the choice though and I would not be surprised to see uh, Milner, uh, Henderson, Wijnaldum but it depends how we play it depends if we go 4-3-3 like he has been or if we if we switch it up and go uh uh, four three two one or four three two one. Well, you know what I mean. Four two three one. Chief, I, <laughs> I have a. I I think there's maybe suggestion here that he could go. You know that four two 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 that he sometimes uses. The box. The kind of the box midfield nearly. Yeah. I'm sure he has in his mind. He's got to do something about Messi because Barcelona. I don't think are a great team. I think they're a collection of really, really good players with the best player in the world to yeah. take them up another gear. And see, when we're talking about Messi as the best player in the world, he's not just the standard best player in the world. He's not like having Kaká in your team or Baggio or Figo or even Zidane. No, he's, he's beyond the so late. He's legendary. He's beyond yeah, the late. He is this legendary. Is, yeah, we're talking about a guy who can literally, and has done this season, come on in the last 20 minutes with his team 4-2 down and score two goals in injury time to get a four-all draw just by himself. A guy who comes on at the weekend, as Cengiz was saying, with 25 minutes to go or something and score a goal and win the game and and secure the title for Barcelona. So I'm sure he's, he's got to be thinking something along those lines because he does drop so deep into those those midfield positions. Um, I don't think Klopp's nature, Dave. I really don't. I think Klopp just approaches I don't think he makes any special provisions for him. I, I don't, don't think know. you can. I don't, I don't think you know. can. I think Klopp goes and plays his game. Um, you, you, you might be right, you, but I just think without the ball, I think certainly without the ball, he will have something. He even had something for Cardiff without the ball whenever, uh, um, you know, he mentioned that Firmino was going to play a lot deeper um, and drop in and try and pick up the, the second balls that might be dropping around rather than allowing them to play out. So I'm presuming he will have something. As far as maybe the, the midfield three goes, I don't know what you guys think. On this, but if he goes Wijnaldum, Milner, Henderson, who does he put in the six? Genie. Does he? If you go with those three, Dave, I believe that you leave Milner and Genie holding and you let Henderson go. Isn't it funny how things change? Because I can't see Henderson playing six again unless we're really stuck. No. You might see him sit you might see him sit beside Fabinho, maybe, like like we saw earlier in the season as they were suggesting. Do you not think that Fabinho being left out, you know, I know he took the head injury against Cardiff and whatnot, and that was very prudent what they did, and Judy Kerr and all the rest of it, perfect. But I've got a feeling that he was left on the bench and didn't play the game at the weekend, or on Friday there, because he is playing in Barcelona. He wasn't even in the squad, I don't think. There's a rule, though, isn't there? With concussion, you have to have two full clear days, of tra- two full days of training before you can be... Selected for the match, so it might have been something to do with that. Well, uh, regardless, I'm sure the fact that he hasn't played those games, yeah, will me figure in. 
that'll figure into Klopp's decision making when it comes to who's selecting the midfield. Who am I picking? I mean, I would like. I mean, I think Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Kite is an interesting one, but obviously Henderson's been class recently uh, in the more advanced role, and we know Klopp likes to get Hendo in and he or, or Milner in, and he does have that penchant for that that three in the Champions League. So, but who who would you pick, or who do you, who do you think he's picking? Which three? I think they have. If he goes three. I I honestly don't think he will go three. I just think that if he goes he goes with the box in, so you you getting them all. If he in. goes with the if he goes with the box, it's Kaida's left out. Yeah. Let's presume let's presume that Firmino isn't a hundred percent, and maybe that just makes his mind up that he goes. I'm gonna go the four in the box, and I'm gonna go Henderson, Fabinho, Wijnaldum, and Milner. I, I think we we've seen that against you know certain. Danger players, Kloppers, um, at times, you know, kind of put in that midfield player who could help out the fullback, uh, which was the case when we played um, Neymar or Ronaldo, um, you know, all, all these um, big teams in the Champions League, the the, the tough ones. But I, I think in terms of the midfield at the Camp Nou against Barcelona, we would definitely need the, the third midfield player who's playing on the left-hand side is basically the midfielder who will be helping out Andy Robertson and Virgil van Dijk in making that space as, as tight and um, impenetrable um, as possible. I don't know if that was the right word. Messi, he, will basically, he usually has a starting position on the right-hand side of the field and likes to drift in um, near to the box, and that's where he creates the most dangerous situation. So um, I think what, what could work best would be Fabinho as a six who's... That's bearing in mind that he would have to be healthy enough. Hopefully he's over the concussion stuff. I don't know if Klopp risks it because I think he could be um, tempted to go for the regular um, Wijnaldum, um, Milner-Henderson midfield. But I think if Fabinho is fit, he, 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 he gets the six. And then Milner plays on the left, mainly a more withdrawn role, um, closer to the fullback and uh, closer to uh, Virgil van Dijk as well to try and have a a kind of triangle going um, in the zone where Messi usually um, does his work. And on the right side, I would um, stick with Henderson. So, um, And if Fabinho is not fit, it would probably be the usual midfield three of uh, uh, Wijnaldum, Henderson and Milner in these um, Champions League away games. I really can't see um, Keita playing um, uh, from from the off. I mean, it, it, could, it could be the case that he comes on second half. That's that's when it could be more dangerous if, if, if the result is going our way and Barca are really pushing up, then we could um, do with one more uh, tenacious midfielder who's willing to help with defense, but also uh, work his magic up front and uh, create chances or try and score a goal um, as he's been in good form recently. So, um, But I, I think um, at least from the start, if Fabinho is fit, um, it, it, it would have to be Fabinho, Henderson and Milner. I'm totally with you. Dave, I, I just think that I just think that you go four three three against Barca in the camp now, and you're you They'll think rip you're, you apart. Well, you think you think you're matching up against them, but you're not. You're really. underestimating us, a grave bit, lad. Well, no, but no. My point, my point is, Dave, if you go four three three on paper, you think you're matching up, you're matching them up, but you're not because Messi drops so deep. There's a risk you get outnumbered in the midfield, um, four to three with. But you know, we have Messi, Firmino who drops Messi back being in. the extra man. 
Yeah, with Messi being the answer. The same with, Here's with one. Firmino. What if Firmino? What if Firmino's not fit? Well, that's what I mean. I Firmino think he will does. be fit. If Firmino no, is did fit, you not maybe... see Klopp after the game? Of course, he's fit. I've heard it before, Dave. To be to be frank with you, but probably is fit. But you know, he might not be. There will be some sort of tactical tweak. And it might be that we see Firmino play very deep. It might it might be we just see Firmino sit on Busquets to try and stifle them that way. But they're just they're they're three really talented midfielders with the ball. I think where we where we win the battle here, I think against this team is our yes. fitness more physical. We're a, a far younger team, and I think if it's we totally start, battle hardened, Dave, and I'm harking on at it again, but we are fucking battle hardened. Yeah, we are. And I think if we can if we can match them up in the middle of the park and we can stop that supply line to Messi getting the ball in and around the edge of the penalty area, and we might need to play narrow to do that, I think we stand every chance. And to be honest, I'm with Dave, I think we do go through because I think, you know, let's let's not forget how many two legged European ties has Klopp lost with Liverpool? Oh why that's right, none. none. So and we're better I, than them anyway at the moment. We're, yep. we, we are better than them. If you know, there was no Messi involved here, Ned, we wouldn't even be having a conversation. We wouldn't, have, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about it. But I think one thing I want to jump in on just quickly while we're, while we're still sort of talking about the midfield and, and whatnot is that I think if Firmino, if Bobby isn't fit to start, which I'm sure that he probably is, but if he isn't, then I would definitely play Kaida in, in, the, in the role, in the... You know, play the four, but but play Kaida to be the one who's who's on Busquets all the time. Well, I think, but I think if Bobby's fit and he has the the proper front three to play and he, and he plays them, then I think that'll be what he does, and and probably it will be Naby that misses out. But I think if if Bobby isn't there, I think it's a it's a smarter move to play Kaida in there than to to try and bring a Thurridge or someone like that. Naby Keita's form at the minute sort of suggests if that's the case and Firmino's not there, I would I would imagine that you'd be completely correct on that. He's just so sharp at snapping in and, and sort of seeing the opportunity to press and, and win the ball back. And, you know, someone like Busquets, who's been brilliant for years and years at, at just being that link man and, and setting things up and, and taking the ball off the off the full backs and so on, who is just getting that little bit on in years and is perhaps a little bit slower than he was. You, you can just sort of envisage that kind of snap, like we like we saw against uh, obviously much much lesser opposition, but the same kind of thing. And we've seen him do do uh, to other teams as well. Guys, can we have a can we have a conversation around right back? You think Gomez is going to get in? I don't think I don't think anything. I've got no idea, but I just <laughs> I've got I really don't. I just. We we want we want to try. Can and you take up. it away from Trent? Can you take it away from him? Like, can you take no. it away it's semi-final in the camp? Semi-final, yeah. It's a, it's that type of game. He's earned the right to be there. Right. So I'm I'm kind of talking not necessarily in who starts, but I'm talking about how we manage that situation because the obvious. I mean, and, and maybe you do, maybe you do, maybe you do. Ben Trent, I don't know. The obvious thing. I think it'd be a hell of a. Ri- I think it'd be a hell of a risk to give Joe Gomez his first start back in the camp now. Especially yeah. at right back, because yeah, you know he is he is yeah. better centre back. I know, I, I I I I totally get it, and I'm I'm just wondering if if I'm if I'm the manager, am I thinking we've got to stop the ball, get, we've got to stop Messi getting the ball, obviously, and we've got to do what we can with him. But aside from that, the, the other big threat, Jordi Alba, and we want to be able to try and pin him back as much as possible. And with Salah not giving Trent as much protection as probably Robertson gets on the other side, both from Mane and from Van Dijk being over there. 
do we need to do we need to think a bit differently about how we manage that? Dave, there's, there's another train of thought here as well. You you know, like we, we watched Juventus go out um, against Ajax, hungry team. Juventus strolled their way to the Serie A this season. Basically, Barcelona lifted uh, La Liga yesterday. Basically, strolled their way there as well. You know, and and they're coming up against us, hungry. And I think that's 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 the deciding factor. You know, we may or may not win this league. Uh, we've been exceptional. How we're not winning this league beggars belief. And and something has to show for this season. And and this is something that we have. Our you know our destiny is in our own hands, which it's not in the Premier League. And I think this redoubles us. And I don't think Barcelona can can cope with what's going to come at them. Dave, I think everything you've said there is absolutely hundred percent correct. I just wonder, do we? I just wonder, does the manager do something at, at right back to try and? I suppose. I mean, I suppose the idea will be trying to do something. Or the question will be, does he try to do something at right back to sort of cover that threat of of Jordi Alba coming forward, or does he look to counter that threat by winning the ball higher up and getting Trent forward and pushing Jordi Alba back? Exactly. Does he maybe even do something in the midfield to try and add a bit of protection over there so you're still getting Salah yeah. having both? Milner gives you that option for both both flanks. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's really interesting because Barcelona, they're a really fucking unique side simply because they've got one player in it who can pretty much float around and do whatever the fuck he wants. And there's not loads you can do about that. And he's fucking brilliant. Just be alert. And, anyway. and that's what we're particularly good at, Dave. Yeah, but what you've got to do is you've got to stop him getting the ball. And one of the key players he gets the ball from, and one of the key threats to open up the space for him is, is Alba. And I just think that that's, you know, if we can I, put the shackles on him, I think that's I think, I think think that's nearly half the job done, if that makes sense. I think, I think you're absolutely right, I would say. But I think the, the, probably the best way to do that is, I mean, if I, if I were approaching the game as Jurgen Klopp, I don't know, you know, you say there's two legs, you know, it's a big deal, big team, he's pragmatic and so on and so forth. But if it, if it were me, I'd be looking to get at them and press them and win the ball off them when as they're trying to play it out from the back and do our best to do that and ask them a lot of questions early. Well, you, 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 saw know, Madrid, you saw how Real Madrid failed to cope with it in the first 25 minutes of, of the Champions League last season. I don't see anything Absolutely. different here. And, and the way... The way we've played in, you know, even this season we've played like in the Champions League, we've been much more explosive in the Champions League, I would say, than in the league where we've been more considered. And I think if we can, if we can be peak Liverpool blitz in that first 25 minutes, half an hour, that's how I would approach it. I, I don't know if we're going to approach it like that. You know, I don't know if we are going to be a bit more considered. Obviously, the tie is 180 minutes and then, you know, potentially extra time and pens and, and whatever. So, you but know, we're there looking is a, a attached no to that. But I think there is could be an elephant. An elephant? <laughs> <laughs> an, ele- an elephant of... Uh, is Iguain playing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though they know what's coming, being caught on the hop, because as we've said before, they are a bit older. They, they do have that thing of... Yeah, and they're used to and they're used to having things all their own way. So there is an element of surprise, even though they know what's coming. If you can really get after them and be peak Liverpool, tip top, fucking straight in, pressing, winning the ball high, being clinical, you know, quick movement, the right runs, all that kind of stuff that we know we have it. You know, Liverpool has it within them to do. So that's how I would approach it. And I think in in that sense, the best form of trying to Stop someone like Jordi Alba is to make him worry much more about defending and what he does if he comes to what happens in behind him if he goes too far forward. 
than trying to work, you know, trying to, to, to worry too much about what to do if he does get into our final third, if, you, if that makes I just, sense. I just don't see a scenario where we don't score, Neil, and that thing I mean, we'll you score. watched a lot somewhere. of Barcelona days. Some, but I've watched some in patches. You know, Suarez looks a shadow of himself from, from what I see. Messi's Messi. As you say, Alba's very good. Busquets isn't half the player he used to be. I don't fear them. And, you know, I, I know that people love hyping up Messi. He's a wonderful, wonderful footballer. But he's only one man. There's an 11 man game. And, you know, look, I, I've watched Liverpool at their best with the high press. And I don't think Messi's ever come across anything like that before. And he will struggle. I think he, he will struggle no matter how good he is. He will struggle against us to find the, the type of space that he's used to finding. And I think that is a, is, is a big factor of this game. I, well, I, I was watching the game yesterday with um, a good friend of mine who's a, um, a big Barca fan. And um, during the game, you, whenever Levante looked dangerous, it was mainly when they were being high in the press and, you know, being aggressive, trying to win the wall, uh, bring the, uh, win the ball back. Um, which resulted in somehow they, they, they would get the ball, um, on the flanks and, and cause Barca trouble. But the main thing about Barcelona is that the, the way they play, they're used to having time on the ball, the ball on their feet and just, you know, slowly building up their play. And it, it's usually not the case that many teams actually have a go at them and try and disrupt their play. They try and usually keep a, a good shape and try and maybe hit them on the counter. But, um, I think the, just the way we play, um, it, it would really, really um, disrupt the way of how they're used to playing with, you know, um, time, time on the ball and, you know, just being able to pass it around freely, uh, a bit more freely. It's going to be very, very important that, you know, we, we kind of uh, put a bit of pressure on Busquets, Rakitic and most likely Art, Artur who will start um, in midfield because they are pretty experienced and they're all re- they're all pretty good. But. Um, if we just afford them less time and space than what they're used to, and um, never, um, you know, never, never, never take it off the pace, make them not want to fancy it anymore. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's uh, we, we'll just have to make them not want um, to have the ball, and um, it's, it's going to be a very interesting game. I don't think it's going to be anything of what they expect is it's going to be, and I, I definitely fancy us to get the away goal which will be very, very crucial. It's quite likely, I would say, that we get a clean sheet at home. I, I think the Champions League, you know, as, as you guys mentioned earlier, uh, the league is not in our hands anymore, even if we win our games, which we all know that we will, hopefully. Um, and we, we might not win the Premier League on 97 points, but what we can do is take all that anger off our chest. And I'm sure the players are... Uh, they can't wait for this game either. They will. They will be absolutely full motivation, and it's just going to be, um, you know, getting getting the monkey off their backs and showing everyone in the whole world how fucking damn good we are. You know what? And you segue beautifully in uh, away from that to, to where we want to go next, and that was the, the city result today. And we'll not linger too long on it, but you know, you're absolutely spot on there uh, with, with that assessment because. You know, look at how frustrating it is for us watching City week on week, grind it out, grind it out. There's just no sign of them. They're relentless. And and it's out of our hands and we can't do anything. And, and, and that, whereas fans, imagine the players. And this is where they can cut loose. This is this is where we do have it back on our own hands, Neil. And like City today, we can't fault Burnley. They gave, they gave it a lash and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, like I said to you pre-pod, I had to come off Twitter today because everybody's now changing their profile picture to fucking Brendan Rogers as if he's some messiah that's going to save us, um, which he's not and never was and never will be. 
Um, you know, if, if he is, fuck, great, great, great. <laughs> I, just, I just really, really, really can't see it, you know. Um, he'll probably play a second team because that's what he does against big teams. Um, but where are you on this one? Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm with you in the sense of Brendan Rodgers and no Messiah, but I'm not with you in the sense that I don't think he can, uh, he has a, uh, within him to produce a team that can get a, get a result against uh, City next week. Yeah, Burnley today, you know, the most they were ever going to get was a nil-nil, and they almost got that, but they didn't. And, you know, it was always going to be a case of City battering down the door for as long as they, they, they had to until they scored. And eventually they did score, and it was it was close and all that, but it was in, and that's life. Leicester is probably the last chance saloon, for realistic saloon anyway, for uh, Liverpool fans, hoping the City will drop points. But... I think there are enough reasons to think that it's 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 possible. Uh, Leicester have, have taken well; they've had plenty of decent results against City in the last few seasons. Um, there is also the irony of Brendan Rodgers. If he were to manage the team that stopped Liverpool or stopped City winning the league and and and, and allowed Liverpool the chance to come in and, and nick it. Um, obviously, it would be sort of full circle in, in some kind of way for 13-14. Um, obviously, it would do no harm to, to Rogers' credentials either. Um, it's on TV. It's the last game of the weekend. It's a Sunday night. Um, so it's a nighttime kickoff. The crowd's going to be up for it because it's a bank holiday weekend. So it's at the Etihad. It's one of them. Leicester are going to ask them questions, in my opinion, because they're all about trying to get in behind. And I think that's the only chance you've got, really, of, of beating City, is to have a go at them. Because we were talking pre-pod, they only, they've only failed to score twice this season. Once was against us, once was away at Stamford Bridge. So every other team that's tried to defend and, and get a nil-nil, well, that, that hasn't happened. Um, so the only way to beat them is to have a go. Vardy has has previous against him. He has a hat trick against them in in recent recent seasons. Um, so yeah, and they like to spoil a party, don't they? I mean, I think they they they, they grabble in that. It's it's a chance to a chance to make a name for yourself a little bit. Leicester have a lot of good young players, and maybe they want to stay there forever. Uh, if they do, it bodes well. If they they you know after beating Arsenal today, go on and and beat what so many think are going to be the, are the champions-elect and, and certainly are the defending champions and, and one of the best teams in Premier League history. That would be great for them. be great for us as well. And what an irony it would be, Brendan Rodgers' way to become a, a, a bona fide Liverpool hero um, after leaving the club. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to... I'm not going to be giving up. I'm not going to be giving up, thanks very much. And as long as we beat Newcastle... You know, we will beat which, Newcastle. We, which we all think and believe we will, then I'm certainly going to be rooting for Brandy's Foxes on uh, on Sunday. No, absolutely, you can root for them, but I think it's a bit pointless. Like a pencil with no lead? Yeah, it's basically what we were whenever he managed us. Um, you know, look, <laughs> look, as I say, if it was anybody else, you, I, I might... I, I just very really would you would you fancy Claude Puel more? I mean, obviously he got a result against him, like so. You know, why yeah, not? I would because Claude Puel might might actually go away and do some work and not talk shite for a week because that's guarantee. This is Bren's moment in the fucking sun. He'll be he, all he'll be doing is talking. Well, shite I know. I think right. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. See, see as much as as much as Brendan Rodgers wants this to be about him, this is not about him. 
Everybody knows except Brendan. So let's not make it about him. <laughs> well, no. look, uh, you're, the, asking, you're asking me about the barriers. About you're asking me about barriers that stand between us and winning this title and yeah. things that can help us win this title against a relentless city. Leicester, Leicester do have the ammunition and the previous. They just need to get a point. And City, you know, if... So, say we beat Newcastle. We're, we all agree we're going to beat Newcastle, okay? So, yep. none of it's relevant if we don't anyway. So, say we beat Newcastle. City again have to go in. Last game of the weekend, they've been waiting all weekend, they'll have seen us win again. And if they play fucking Jamie Vardy, and if they play fucking Tielemans, who's, who's also class, and if they play Chilwell, who's going to be busting down trying to get behind Kyle, Kyle Walker or whoever's on the other side, and if they play against fucking big slabhead Harry Maguire, who can score from any fucking set piece, or and, and his half decent defenders. Well, they've got all this to do last game on the Sunday. It's a pain in the arse. I'm not, you know, they could, they could just slip up. Leicester do have the ammunition. It's not beyond the realms, like I, you know. I'm gutted today, and, and, and I feel there's a part of me that feels it's gone uh, this season. Um, it's never over till it's over. There's two more games, and a, and a lot of things can still happen. But just the way City are grinding it out at the minute. They're not particularly good. You know, I said to you pre-pod, if, if we were their last game of the season, I would expect us to beat them. That's the difference at the minute. We're, we're a, we look a much better outfit at the minute than City do. But even with that, they just don't look like they're going to lose at the minute. And, and you know, I think for me, I had my hopes pinned basically on, on the series of three games which came to an end today with Burnley. And I thought between Tottenham United... Uh, and, and Burnley, maybe that you know, maybe that's where they uh, where they drop up, where they slip up. But after today, I, I, it, it's just got very, very dark for me. I, I'm not giving up. I still want it. I still want it more than anything else. But it's just I, I, I'm looking at it, and I just can't see it. I think the only only real light for me is maybe you know, on our last good day of the season, we're all playing at the same time. If we were two 0 up, say very quickly. And City were still struggling, maybe at halftime. Maybe that's, I just don't see it coming against Leicester. Simply because Brendan will want to play football, and credit to him for that, he will. And if you want to play football against City, I think you end up getting your ass kicked. Dave, what are you, what, what's your thoughts? My thoughts, Dave, um, I'm quite romantic about football. And I think there's always symmetry and parallels and coincidences and an and element of fate and destiny in football. I just, I think there's just too many examples out there to to suggest otherwise. And there's too many things for me that have happened this year. The, the Spurs game, Origi against Everton, even the Fulham penalty, the Southampton, the Southampton Salah goal that he hadn't scored in ten games and ten minutes to go after going a goal down. You know, even the Mares penalty miss at Anfield, you know, these these things I I think these things matter and there's a reason why we have to be there and touching distance because they are going to slip up at some point. Yeah, and the other thing I want thing to is, believe that. I want to believe that. I just and the other like lo- the, the lovely little piece of serendipity here that that could occur is that Hodgson's already beaten City, Rafa's already beaten City, and the only other ex Liverpool manager in the league who hasn't done it's Brendan Rodgers, and he comes into the league halfway through the season. And it would be so good, like it would be so good. The fact of the matter is, this is not just built purely on that. You're right in everything you say, Chief. This team, this team has the tools to do city damage, especially 
in the frame of mind. You know, they've won they've won games one nil back to back, two games one nil back to back. No, sorry, one nil, two nil, one nil. They've scored four goals in two games. When the fuck do City only score four goals in two games or three games? That doesn't happen. You know, yeah, there's they're, no they're, there's no two ways about it. I think that they're feeling the pressure. I do think there's a pressure on City, but the problem well, is that the the opposition isn't there. The Leicester are that opposition. Yeah, but I I agree. I agree. I think Leicester's that opposition. I think Rogers will be arrogant enough to think that he can actually go and do it, and he'll set his team up accordingly. And they've got two good fullbacks. They've got creativity from midfield. They've got Indeedy and Mendy in the middle of the park. He'll run around and kick everything in front of them. And they've got bags of pace. Vardy, Gray, Barnes. You know, they've bags and bags of pace, and that will trouble them in and behind the- them. They've got Morrison as well. The creativity, they've got the, the likes of Morrison, the likes of Tielemans. They're they're both excellent. Well, really, really handy players. And I was, you know, Tielemans really looks a player, Neil. Absolutely, and they're they're both good at, at, at free kicks. Particularly Morrison, of course, he scored a few already this season. So so they got goals in them, and they've got creativity, and they can call. They've got pace. They can cause City damage. So City will have. To is what I'm saying, like. Yeah, and I think, you know what, see see all in all, I could be talking absolute bullshit and none of anything that happened mean, meant anything at all and that that is what it is. And maybe we don't win the Champions it's why League. It's, so hard, it's why it's so hard to let go of it, David. It's, so, it's why it's so frustrating. You know, we've come through, we've battled. We've battled our way to be where we are. And, and it has to amount to something. It, to me, it, and this is why I think, you know, we talked about the Champions League earlier. This is why I, I think we go into that game against Barca driven. We go in against a Newcastle driven. We, all our remaining games, we're driven by that frustration that we, you, you know, that we just aren't winning this league. You know, we're, not, we're, you know, we're still behind after all that we've done. I, I, maybe you're right. And do you know what? There's still more to do and this team can still get better and it's not 2014 and it's not Hicks and Gillette and it's not... Absolutely. It's not... It's not the beginning of something, Exactly. It's not owners in learning the ropes. This is not a football team in a really, really good shape. This is a football club in really, really good shape. I'll tell you you another thing as well to add into that. There'll be no fucking players sold to Barca or Real Madrid this summer. Nobody's no. going anywhere, and that really? is that. That's the change. You know, we had the thirteen fourteen season. We lost Suarez. You know what I mean? We lose our best player. We lose Coutinho, who was considered our best player. Probably wouldn't be considered today, but back then used to be considered one of our shining lights. You know what I mean? Though that's not happening anymore, um, and and I can't see that happening. Not while we're in this condition. Guys, we're we're eating right at the top table now. You know, uh, with regards to transfers, and you know if. We probably don't need that much work, but you know, after say we do even say we even get the Champions League final, who realistically will blow us out of the water in regards to a player? Who will a player point blank turn us? Which team will a player point blank turn us down for? Angus, what do you guys think? What uh, we're probably going to sign two, three players in the summer. Do can, are we at the point are we, where we can pretty much just go out and buy whoever the fuck we want? Considering how much money we spent um, over the last few years and how how deep our squad actually is. I mean, of course, there's always, you know, one or two players that can come in uh, for, for extra numbers. Um, but when you look at it, I mean, just look at our midfield. We have um, Genie, Milner, Hendo, Fabinho, Ox, and um, who am I missing? We have one, we have, we have six midfielders who are who are vying for two or three spots, and I I, I just can't see a world where spend tons of money this summer. However, that's a, that's that's a good sign because I mean, considering 
I mean, just look at Spurs who spent no money whatsoever. And, you know, they, they, they had this squad of players playing together. And, you know, they're, they're in the semifinals of the Champions League with a decent shout at maybe knocking Ajax out and getting to the final. And, you know, they're, they'll probably finish third in the Premier League unless they have an absolute horror show in the last few games of the season. But um, I think it's only a good sign that we won't be bringing um, that many players in because... Uh, th- that just shows how much of a good squad we have, and well, what we'd probably be looking at doing is, you know, if, if we're if we're going to be offloading players um, uh, in the likes of Sturridge, um, Lalana, uh, I don't know, a few more players, Lovren, L- <laughs> Lovren, maybe uh, that's actually um, a possibility. Uh, Moreno's gone. We definitely need cover at left back. Surely we need. Listen, cover at left back. I think, I think, I think the fact is, you know, all those players will maybe look to upgrade the likes of Origi as well. So, who, who outbids us in the tra- who, who does a player point blank turn us down for? Which team? Well, who's more attractive than us? Well, that well, that's, exa- that's yeah, that's my, basically. Sorry, yes, thanks very much Chief, for con- for being more concise than me as per usual. Um, <laughs> That is, who is a more attractive prospect for a player than us right now? Well, I'd agree with you. I, I don't think there's anyone really. Well, very, very few clubs. I mean, you're looking you're looking at a team that's at the very least Champions League semi finalists, at the very least push second, you know, at the very least second back by very, very small margin in the Premier League. A team that's uh, and a club, as you said a minute ago, that's on the on the up and up, and isn't healthy is healthy in all all aspects. So if you're a, if you particularly if you're a, a footballer coming into their prime or or a young footballer looking to make the next step to a, you know that that next step a really really top young player like a Timo Werner or somebody like that. I don't know who you're you're turning down for. I mean the only the only things that may come into play for a for a player to choose one club over another. In that situation, might be uh, geography or something like that. But essentially, we there there is no more attractive club for a hungry f- footballer at the top level in in European football at the moment. I, I don't see it. You know, Man City are obviously going to turn heads as well because they, they you know they were going for the quadruple. They could win a league. You know, they've, they've already won one cup. They're going to win another cup. Not that that matters that much, but they're obviously right at the top as well, and they look like they're in good shape. So you might go there, but that doesn't seem, you know, you're never certain what's going to happen there because the longevity is, is questionable. How long Guardiola is there is questionable. There's always a drop back after Guardiola leaves the club because his methods are so intense and they play in such a way that teams tend to, there's always a bit of an aftermath. So if he leaves, when he leaves, who knows? Um, if Liverpool were to go on and win the league and European Cup double this season, then you'd have to say no team is more attractive. Hands down, why would there be a more attractive team to go to? I think the thing I love most about it, Neil, is you know we now have our choice. You know, before we ha- we were always you know there was always that c- competition, and we couldn't compete with the very very top. We may not be paying the very very top wages, but but players, good players who want to win things and have a career now look at Liverpool. Anybody that comes to us, and this is the thing I love. You know, they're, they're all about winning. They're all about being part of that team. They're all about being a unit. Total winning mentality. It's something we haven't had in years. Well, if you take, I fully agree. And if you take, for example, that Ajax team where everyone, how fantastic they've been, you know, a lot of players who are coming through and, and you know, looking for that next move and whatever. Just talking about how they're going to be broken up and, and move on. But, of course, that's the way of it because there isn't the money there. And that's that's 
kind of natural. Uh, it's always been a bit like that for for Ajax. Um, if you are one of those players, you know, one of those top players there, one of those stars looking to make the next move, surely you're looking at, at Liverpool and, and, and looking at your agent going, how can you get me in there? There are a few clubs around who, who are also attractive prospects, obviously, for, for those kind of players, Borussia Dortmund and so on. But I think we're even we're even a level above that now. And I think you're right. We're, we're not only picking the, the kind of at the top table, but we're picking the specific sort of character type from that table as well that's going to benefit the squad and benefit the player and benefit everybody. So, you know, the, the future's rosy. Uh, but let's let's hope we are going into next season with a, with a couple of nice gleaming trophies. Um, I, th- I think mo- the most important thing is that we're in a position where we can actually go ahead and say, okay, these are our top targets. It would be really, really good if this player um, came to our club and, you know, he has the mentality and he can push for his place, he can stand his role and whatnot. And we have the luxury that if if we don't get our targets, we're not going to push to just, you know, bring in some other player. Uh, you know, even, even when we had a thinner squad, you know, we, we couldn't get Virgil van Dijk, but we didn't sign anyone that summer. We waited until January until we tried again. And, you know, we waited for Nabi Keita. So we've always always had that patient uh, kind of mood, but now we really actually have the luxury to do it as well. Um, and I, I don't think we would be um, chasing any kind of, um, you know, B plans or just filling up any numbers. We'll probably have our targets, very specific targets, and, you know, they would have the best possible reasons to want to join us. And if they don't want to join us and join any team that we knocked out in the Champions League or whatever, then fine, then uh, they can they can go ahead and do that. But um, I think, yeah, as long as, you know, we have our firm targets in mind and I don't I don't I don't see any reason why um, any player would want to um, turn us down. It's really all about projects as well you know and, and I think that our Dave Dunning I think our project is so saleable um, and and you know maybe before when when Klopp took over it was it was a vision but the vision's being realized and, and, and there's really really clear evidence of it there. Yeah I think that's it I think most other clubs now around Europe, as the guys have been saying, Bayern, Real Madrid, even Barcelona to an extent, Juventus look as though we don't really know what's going to happen with those. And even if we hear about projects all the time and sell the project, that that's fine. But inevitably, it's always the team that's at the top attracts the players at the top. Because the evidence players, of the project. Yeah, exactly. Play, you're right. The vision is being realised now. And players who are 24, 25, 26, and they think, I've got four or five, four, five years, four, five years left in me. Am I going to go and am I going to buy into a project that may or may not succeed, regardless of how how successful that club has been in the past? Or am I going to go and am I going to sign for Liverpool, a team who has already achieved massive things in a short period of time? has a squad of an average age of around 25, and I know we're all going to be there for the next four, three, four, five, six years. It's not a, it's not a difficult decision, I, I don't think. And other clubs are going to be looking forward next year to the way we were every year in you know, hopeful optimism. We're, I think we can probably look forward to next year and the year after and the year after with a, a fair degree of certainty. And you can't have said that very often, ever. No, indeed. Well, well, listen. We'll, we'll move into our final topic, and we'll have a brief rundown on it. Uh, Dave, I know, I know you're you're a bit upset about the the team of the year. Uh, <laughs> um, I just found it hilarious, to be honest. 
Well, talk us th- talk us through your 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 hilarities then. Well, the teams: Ederson, Trent, Robertson, Laporte, Van Dijk, Pogba, Fernandinho, Bernardo Silva, Aguero, Sterling, and Mane. So oh, okay, so 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 Pogba aside, because we all know it's fucking ridiculous. We'll even waste time on it. Where where are your other issues? Well, I don't know what you guys think, but I have, I have an issue with the goalkeeper. I have an issue with yeah, Mac- Ederson's the first one, like. Yeah, what the fuck is Ederson doing there? We've conceded fewer goals. We've conceded fewer goals. Uh, it's basically every statistic on the board. Allison is better. Top. It's not even better, but top, top of everything. So I'm really confused. That confused me massively. Are we all in agreement there? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not really a fan of Ederson. So you got my vote. No, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's just the fact that. Van Dijk is player of the year and he's been so incredible that they might have thought that, you know, okay. But then Laporte, Laporte also makes it. As opposed to Alisson, if you see what I mean. So I can kind of, talent-wise, game style and everything, I would say it's a toss of a coin between them two. They're like very, very similar players. You're and probably right. But I think the fact that Van Dijk has just been so incredibly good um, just put Ederson into the team, basically. I don't know, though. I, I mean, I can see that point of view, like, and why people might have done that. But, again, I think it's, you know, Alisson's brand new in the Premier League. It's his debut, debut season. You know, Ederson's already already played. He's already played with most of his team. It's, you know, he's playing with the new centre-backs. center, center backs. He's playing with new everybody. It's his first season, and he's, he's conceded the fewest, and he's the top on everything. And I, if you look at it properly, there's no real way. But what they've done is they've remembered that time he tried that turn and got the ball taken off him. Yeah. And, you know, and something like that. And, and that's why they've gone for Ederson, I guess. Um, what, what, what's your issue with Laporte? I know I, I didn't really have an issue with Laporte. I mean, he's, he's City's best centre back, and I suppose they wanted not to make it in all Liverpool back four, and obviously the easiest one. You, you're not going to put Matip in there, but I mean, is there another centre back? Would you would you have maybe chosen one from Spurs or anything? It's got to be one. I mean, the whole team should have been City and City and Liverpool anyway, because they were just head and shoulders. Yeah, I think it's got to be Laporte, doesn't it? it? It has to be. City's, you know, got, you know, most uh, he's played the most out of all city centre backs. He's clearly Guardiola's go-to guy. Trusts him com- implicitly, and he's also scored a good few goals. And then I, what, what, about, I, what about the midfield, Dave? I I I know you said that's not, but I really genuinely do need to feel feel the need that we have to discuss what Pogba. the fuck is Pogba doing in there? What is he? But he shouldn't even be on the fucking shortlist. He's good on Instagram. Aye, it's good, but that's not <laughs> an Instagram for a team vote. That's gonna he, has a, he has his own set of emojis. Right. So, uh, how many? I'm making a case do, here. How many? But how many? Seriously, how many players do you think? How many midfield players in the Premier League do you think could have got into that team ahead of Paul Pogba? Because I'd say at least we don't have time, Dave. Really? I'd say at least fifteen. There are many, many. It's me, it's absolutely mental. There is no reason for him to be there. His numbers aren't aren't exceptional. His contribution hasn't been exceptional. He's he's not playing in a team that's done anything exceptional. There's no reason for him to be there other than the fact that he's exceptional collapse, Neil. Celebrity. If you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna put, if if you're gonna put a player, maybe I mean I would maybe suggest Hazard, you know, go in there, or or there there are a lot of other players you could put above. 
Pogba. I have no, I see no reason at all, and it's not just the fact that it despised Manchester United, but I see no reason at all why any Manchester United player should be anywhere near that team this season. Quite offended by Raheem Sterling, to be honest with you, because I just don't feel the love that, that the kids got this season. I know he's he's remarkably improved, no two ways about it, but his numbers are not exceptional. They're they exceptional are pretty for, exceptional. They're, they're exceptional for him, but given the culture... They're exceptional for, what, a 22-year-old? 24. What is he? 24 now, is he not? Is he 24? Well, they're, I mean, they're good. He'll, he's starting you know, he'll, he'll win Young Player of the Year. Fair enough. 24? What the fuck's he in Young Player of the Year? Bernardo, I, I, Bernardo Silva's 25 in August. And he's yep. young play in the young player of the year category. That's fucking nuts. That's absolutely exactly. nuts. They really need to adjust that because footballers you're, you're are burnt out. Most of them are burnt out by 29, 30 these days. Like, Bernardo Silva must have played seven professional seasons. Yeah, it's nuts. It's fucking insane. But, but you know, the, the whole thing around Sterling this, this season has been a circus as far as I'm concerned. But I can, if Sterling is in there, it. if Sterling is in there ahead of Salah for a start, that's a problem. For me, though, for me, Aguero. Should be in there. I actually think Sterling is 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 more important for for City than than Aguero, and I think um, he's played. He, he's a, he's another go to guy for Guardiola, and he's he's excellent. You know, he's scored and assists. His numbers are great, and again, I think it has to be a City or a Liverpool player. So if you're gonna if you're gonna pick one of the City front line, and you're gonna drop, maybe, maybe say they're not gonna put Firmino in there, which you can maybe understand even though he's class, but you can still understand it. But other people would disagree with that, but Salah has to be in there. Like I have no idea why the fuck Salah's not in there. It's really strange because I think a lot of the time these things were generally done on numbers, you know? Yeah, and, and he's top again. And Salah has the best the best numbers, both goals, goals, assists combined, whatever the fuck you want, everything, goals per minute, assists per minute, chances created, all the shit. Yeah, and he, and he's not there. And I, 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 actually, I'd maybe go as far as to say as if Salah, if everybody forgets last season, Salah maybe wins Player of the Year. Yeah, because it, because he was so fabulous last year. Yeah, he's getting he's judged. actually he's actually he's a get, victim of his own success. Yeah, he's in, this, getting, in regards to this, he's getting judged. Far I, more I, I don't know than anyone else. Maybe they had to put Sterling in there because. This was released prior to the Player of the Year award, so they had to have the two of them in there, clearly, because the two of them, it was clear it was between Van Dijk and, and Sterling. So maybe that's the reason why that was reflected in the Team of the Year. It's, it's the only way I can think of it, because what you're saying is absolutely spot on. I, I think the voting's daft as well, though. I think the voting's about 10 weeks before the end of the season or something stupid, and that might have been during or towards the end or just after Salah's goal drought, which is maybe why... X amount of players didn't vote for him. I don't know. Maybe they thought he was a a, a one season and a half wonder. I don't fuck. I don't know. That's the only logical. There's nothing like a British media love more than building you up to tear you down, eh? Oh, here don't we all know about it? Well, I don't, but you know. Well, you've never been built up. <laughs> never, That's what like, I was going to say. Like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. We'll do our best here to build you up, but we'll feel miserably like knocked down and buried. Well, listen, I think probably we're best leaving it at that. Uh, um, I'll just uh, I'll go around the table with your your, your um, oh, give, give me a score for for first of all Barcelona and then Newcastle. Dave, we'll start with you. Oh, oh Barcelona! Right, don't laugh at me. Right, 
No, it won't. Right, 3-1 Liverpool. It's the same as I'm going to say. So I'm not oh, going to laugh. Okay, okay. I fancy us to fucking royally spank them, to be honest with you. Um, Shangus, yourself, what, what do you reckon? I'm going to say 2-1 to Liverpool at Barca, followed by 2-0 at New. Oh, there you go, you're giving us our two. Well, all winning. Nail yourself, you want to go one or two? Yeah, I don't know. I was also thinking about 3-1. Get away, were you really? I was, actually, yeah. Right, I'm away uh, down the boogies, that's it. So, but like, we're scoring, and, and, and once we score, we don't stop scoring. I don't know, there's just something about 3-1 sounds right. I think if we score first, they, they'll come out. I think they, they only know really one way to play anyway, and I think, as I sort of mentioned earlier, I think they're they're quite nicely set up for us. Like it's, I think they're it's, an ageing team, and they, they lack pace in certain areas where we have an abundance of it, and they can be got up. Got at. I, don't, I don't even necessarily think it's just the pace, Chief, but this is not a team that has had to defend in long spells for a very, very long time, and I have a feeling there'll be, there'll be 10, 15 minute spells in that game where they will have to defend against us. You know, we'll maybe pen them in for ten minutes here or ten minutes there, and I don't know if they know how to deal with that. Yeah, and I think that the high press as was talked about earlier, get in their faces early. I, I, I just want to. It's going to be interesting how Klopp approaches it, but I think if we were to go out first half an hour and, and really hit them, we could be. You know, it could all happen. It could all happen early, but we'll see anyway. But yeah, and the Newcastle game. 2-0, Liverpool? Yeah, I think I'll go 2-0 as well. And there's there's actually one thing that, that I meant to bring up earlier on, but we have, probably against any team, a massive, massive set-piece advantage, both in the attacking and the defensive box. And I don't think that that's talked enough about. No, we're, we're top from scoring and, and also top from not conceding, um, aren't we? And that's yeah. a hell of a turnaround, considering, like, Fuck, you could have given us corners all day long for a stage there and we'd have done nothing with them. Yeah, And it's, it's like, a hell of a turnaround. Yeah, it's like 20 set-piece goals in the league this season. Like, that's, that's, there's some strikers don't even, most strikers don't even reach that strike rate. 20 goals, that's a fucking Mo Salah from corners. Yeah. <laughs> look, we're, look there's no t- there are no two ways about it. And, and this is what's driving my frustration today. Where it's just, we're, we're, we're too good not to win this league. And, and it's just driving me nuts. I ain't going for 4 0 against uh, Newcastle. I ain't going. Oh, oh you're brave. Fine. I no, go 2 0. I go with the guys. I go 3 1, 2 0. That's the, yeah. I, I and Graf will have them on a solid diet of fucking Ulster fries for the week, you know, and tell them. Like, seriously. This You know, and, and I've heard it in the media all week. Oh, he always had ultimate pro and everything. This is Rafa Benitez in Liverpool. He'll have them down the quayside taking flaming sambucas. Absolutely, big fish and chips for dinner. Yeah, from the from the greasy spoon there. Ah, it'd be grand. Don't worry, four nil. We're 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 well. It's not that. It's not our games that worry me. It's just fucking cities. It's just. It's just. Ugh. You just. You just gotta hope and dream and believe. Be like. Uh, be like Dave Dunn and believe it's all happening for a reason. And if it if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But we're still a fucking awesome team. If it doesn't next year, if it doesn't next year, it's going to be even more fun. Yeah, and we'll be there. We'll, you know, we'll be there to see it. So, and we got a Champions League semi-final. Think about it, and hopefully a Champions League final. Think about it, which City don't, and that's the one they really want anyway. So, you know, we talked about the irony earlier before the show, but um, you know, it would be even sweeter if we could uh, pull off the double like. Well, so, like and it's still on. It it hasn't it hasn't disappeared yet. So. 
keep keep keep. I'll I'll not give up until the final whistle's blown. I say my hope is that last day of the season, maybe there's there's nerves or whatever. But well, we'll 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 have to wait and see. One thing I do know is we're not losing, uh, and I don't see us losing again this season. By the way, just one more thing before we go. I think it's twenty years since the team was um, two games away from the season with the chance of winning the league and the Champions League. So no, it's, it's remarkable, Dave. In every aspect, what we've done this season is remarkable. And if we don't win it. I, I'm going to be gutted, but Jesus Christ, I'm not going to be angry. And nowhere near angry. I'm I'm delighted we've come as far. We've closed a gap of 25 points in the season, uh, yep. the city. And, you know, it's something to be proud of. And I've, I've watched pundits, stupid fickers, going on about, you know, oh, it could have a real detrimental effect to the to Liverpool psyche if they don't win this and they don't win. Bullshit, it will. It, it'll only drive them on further. That's a driven group of players we have. Um, well, evidence, evidence suggests that you're right, Dave. Because yeah. if that's the case, then we would have folded after last year's Champions League Absolutely. final defeat. Absolutely. And the or the, Europa, or the Europa League final defeat. Yeah. No, we're, we're, we're building towards something. There's no two ways about it. But listen, lads, we'll leave it at that. Thank you all, as always, very, very much for your time. I'll leave you with our usual war cry. Up the fucking Reds. <laughs>